0: what's going on welcome to strike mike number 286 been a very slow few weeks not much to discuss um so probably have to cut this one short maybe do a few 15 20 minutes show and then be out because we really don't have many things to talk about i'm joking of course but uh it's actually been there's so much to talk about it's almost hard to prioritize what to discuss when we when we open the show a week ago uh the news of the hospital bomb in gaza had just gone off and in the subsequent week we have actually seen the jewish media mix their their elixirs their witches brew mix their um their potions you know, around some kind of, (laughs) I I don't know, some kind of evil media campfire where they just mix these brews together into just a filthy mess of lies. But yeah, it's quite remarkable how they managed to turn bombing a hospital into you can never repeat anything said coming out of the Palestinians because it's terrorist propaganda.
1: Uh, I I was very um, enthralled by the fact that all these... Seemingly independent uh, pro-Ukraine OSINT accounts. So Mm -hmm. they're kind of news aggregators, but they're pro-Ukraine, and they analyze the news from a pro-Ukrainian perspective. In fact, several of them even kind of use anti-colonial theory in defense of Ukraine. Um, Every single one of these, at the same time, turned around, and started pushing Israeli propaganda.
0: Were they doing, now, like, the visual investigation crap to prove oh, that the bomb oh, didn't explode, oh, that they didn't actually oh, bomb the hospital? Yeah. You know,
1: with these? With these? Bellingcat people, cat shit? Yes, with these people, but they're not Bellingcat. They claim to I mean, be
0: independent. Yeah, it's the same but, type of thing they do, though.
1: You know, all of them, Visegrad 24. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, that, that guy. I mean, what the hell does Israel have to do with the Visegrad group? Why are yeah. you doing nothing but Zionist propaganda? Yeah. Um, then you have all the, like again these Ukrainian accounts that are constantly doing uh, things like oh Russia bombed the uh, Nord Stream pipeline. Yeah. Uh, you know garbage. These kinds of garbage uh, propaganda outlets. You know, on the surface, it's kind of inexplicable how they would just turn on a dime to support. The yeah. Israeli government—it's
0: really not inexplicable, is it? Is it? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> there's an
1: explanation for it, but yeah. for an for an ordinary person, they must be confused yeah. right now.
0: Well, uh, Nafo Nafo basically announced that they were going to um, that they were now switching from Ukraine to Israel. They're like, we're now the Israel Nafo Brigade. Of course, Nafo is just some kind of. I don't even. Some, I don't even know how much of it's real or how much of it's bots, but it's like, yeah, just, you know. Just zog shilling on. This <laughs> is just zog shilling. That's all that it is. There's nothing else to it.
1: But what's remarkable is how this uh, this situation really reveals just how inorganic mm-hmm. support for the
0: Ukrainian cause is, as well England. as support for Israel. Support for Israel right, is inorganic. Yeah. I was saying, like, you know, there's no space. There's no. Um, Now, there's the U.S. news media, which is sort of like inherently inorganic because it's totally top-down, like decided in boardrooms by a bunch of Jews what's going to be put out there. So uh, that is like just inherently inorganic. But alternative political spaces and communities that have cropped up, um, as soon as they start Israel shilling, they reveal that they were either inorganic all along, and therefore they start to – People who have joined these groups um, have become part of these communities in an effort to find something more authentic than the mainstream are, are are like becoming disillusioned. Like you have, like the anti woke left, the anti woke movement entirely is now basically being revealed as a right version of antifa, and much like antifa, they can't define a positive purpose for their existence. They can't tell you what they what they're about. They're just there to dox and harass um people on the left that support Palestine right that's it and they're only going to find success doing that they're not going to find success doing anything else just like um Antifa really didn't have much success against conservatism but they had a lot of success against actual you know white nationalists or pro-white groups because that was the element like conservatism that wasn't pro-white was immune from Antifa yes so
1: yeah the feds the feds will arrest you if you go after Michael Moles or, right. uh, or Ben Shapiro is special.
0: Right. right, yeah. Um, definitely.
1: Which has happened. The, the, uh, so anarchists can go and they can do terrorist attacks. You know, they shot Proud Boys yeah. in Portland. Shot Proud Boys mm-hmm. to death. So even Proud Boys who kind of have a shitty ideology, but they have yeah. an actual legit and genuine fascist spirit to them.
0: Yeah. And but it was a are, street uh, movement. They, That's the other they thing. They
1: were an effective. They were an effective anti-communist street movement.
0: Right. They are like Freikorps, for a good analogy.
1: Right, right. So the feds don't like them either.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: They only like stuff that's straight out of Tel Aviv, like Ben Shapiro and co. But there's an inverse correlation versus how acceptable and respectable an opinion is versus how many people actually support and believe in it. Right. So – If you have – the more respectable your conservatism is, the fewer organic followers you have, particularly dedicated followers. Um, Most people are either passive consumers of conservatism or they just have it on in the background.
0: And what's interesting and one of the reasons why – it's important to also zoom out a little bit and understand like what Israel has been doing for the last three weeks – um, is so outrageous, so beyond the bounds of any decent civilized norms that the whole world fucking hates Israel right now and hates Jews. We're a little bit shielded from what the world is thinking and saying because we live in this Jewish media bubble. But this is why you have articles like the Jews coming out and saying why we're shaking right now because even here – it's poking through, and they're seeing the, the leftists or the you know people who are like, oh, we thought the Black Lives Matter were our allies. We thought these, we thought all these liberal intellectuals, we thought all these people were our allies, and now we're finding that they're not. The fact is that the Israel issue had just been placed on the back burner for almost a decade, with the exception of the little blow up they had two three years ago. It had been really calm for almost ten years, and uh, I mean calm for the Jews. It wasn't necessarily calm for the Palestinians, particularly not on the West Bank. But um, it wasn't really making headlines, making right. news, being a big thing. So, so that, that was kind of like actually not something that had been really interrogated, if you will, on the left. And now the Jews are like freaking out because they're like, everyone in the world fucking hates us. And the place that we thought was safe, like America, we find out that like everybody hates us here too. And so, <laughs> um, sucks for is, you, though, Jews. What do you want me to do? It's not-
1: is that in, in America? There's less freedom. Yeah. Than in most of the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just comparing um, the television, even television in Europe, like the BBC, right? Um, yeah. BBC right now. I mean, it's still on the side of Israel, but they do try to give some kind of Palestinian perspective. Like they'll take in the respectable Palestinians from the West Bank, and they'll and they'll ask them, right. uh, you know, what the situation, what well, their side of the story. They would
0: is. never have the representative of the Palestinian Authority on TV in America. They right. would never have Bassam Youssef never on TV dream, in America. Never right. even dream of it. Like in America, Palestinians don't exist. No. Uh, As far as the media is concerned, they are literally
1: shocking how much more controlled uh, the media is in America than in
0: India. But another point I want to make I mean, there's so many points I've been wanting to make about this. Um, Well, first of all, a point I want to make is real quick um, those of you listening to the free version of the show, go ahead, go to uh, slash paywall, get a subscription. After we're done with this hour, we're probably going to do another two hours or so of news and analysis about this conflict, opinions, views, and the truth. You're not going to hear anywhere else legitimately you're not going to hear it anywhere else. There's no other place where you can hear the analysis that Stryker and I are going to offer you on this issue. Literally nowhere else will say the kind of things that we're saying. And it's not because we're being edgy. It's because we actually have the truth. It is.
1: It is. We're just the white Nationals Gigi Allens. Uh, That's Uh, and dude, if there's anybody for- into Gigi yeah. G. Allen,
0: it's the people making up the fucking <laughs> atrocity porn for the IDF. I mean, it's like, dude, they're basically, they're taking notes from Gigi Allen shows to describe the bullshit they said Hamas was doing. That's another place their narrative has collapsed, is all that fucking shit. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's so many things to talk about. Um, but definitely get a subscription if you haven't subscribed. Um, and now back to the show. Um, yeah. So one thing I've noticed, and I want to make this point, and you're going to agree with this. That as, because a lot of people make this try and you know, we all know the, uh, the, uh, the um, attempt to make it be like, okay, side with Jews to get immigration gone, all this blah, blah, blah right? All, we, we can talk about that, but I wanted to make this point first. It is very interesting to me that as countries in Europe get browner, the lockstep hold the Jewish regime, the Zionist regime that Israel has over their governments gets stronger. Yes. So as we have two of the most powerful ministers in the UK are, are brown people, brown Indian of Indian descent, yep. and here we have uh, the UK being in total lockstep with Israel in a way they really couldn't have gotten away with, say, 20 years ago. They would have, had, they would have been siding with Israel, but they would have had to have been much more. And th- the idea of banning a Palestine flag or banning pro-Palestine chants would have been unheard of. unheard of in the uk and not just because of the arab and muslim population there, because of the white population there which didn't want to stand with israel so you know it's it's quite remarkable that as these countries populations get browner it's easier for their governments to be total and obvious and open pawns of the u.s and israel
1: well, the idea that uh, the demographics are going to hurt the Zionists, our structure. It's just thrown – it's, it's uh, just
0: disproven well, by it's reality. Just,
1: it's disproven by the fact that some of the countries repressing their people, the worst on this, are Arab countries themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan, Turkey, Egypt. These countries are brutally they, – they can't get away with it to the extent that England and uh, France can ban the Palestinian flag. But they are actually um, acting very, uh, very authoritarian, so Hmm. to speak, when it comes to suppressing these pro-Palestinian causes, and these are Muslim countries. Yeah. So that whole argument again, it's begging for begging the, the slave master to be let in the house. Okay, these are conservative house niggers that wish that Jews would you know making arguments like, oh, if you let us in the house we can keep some of your other enemies out.
0: Yeah. Well the the other thing is that they are um these people don't the rulers of these countries don't care. They they are on the payroll and they are getting billions of dollars to be right. friendly with Israel and they don't care. The problem is that what Israel is doing is making their job really freaking hard right now. It's, it's very making hard to their make job this really
1: hard. Even, it's even hard for Western liberal countries yeah. to make the case to their people for yeah. why they should be on
0: Israel's yeah. side. Yeah.
1: Uh, at this point, I don't even see them trying, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's pure terror at this point. Like, basically, they, you know, America is basically has the word out. Like, if if you're not, if you're going to say something good about the Palestinians, just stay the fuck home and shut the fuck up. There's,
1: there's people, there's people losing their jobs just for forwarding the Onion's satirical yep. ar- article. I saw
0: that. I saw it. There was a guy, a guy who lost his job. Yep. Yeah.
1: Forwarded, he just posted it as a joke. The Onion's uh, article about, like, we don't know which side to take. But it seems like the people that uh, – that, it seems that if you don't take Israel's
0: side, you'll lose your job. And that yeah. guy doesn't – So you get in less trouble for posting. siding with Israel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like
1: that. that guy lost his job for posting that. So yeah. just imagine that that's not satire anymore.
0: Right. Um, well, it's not satire.
1: The Onion is not satire anymore at that point. Right. So I don't understand where they're going to go at this point. I mean – can they actually just censor everyone all the time? I mean, this is my question. Well,
0: the because thing they is, they can't.
1: They can't let the boot off of the right too much, because then that turns back
0: into. Well, what it they wasn't. don't trust us. I mean, look, the, the, okay. they have done the um, the the Katin Forest on the on the right that rose up in the wake of Donald Trump's election. They've replaced everybody that was influential. Um, they banned everybody that wasn't. Um, enthralled to Jews, and they've replaced everybody with either a Jew or a goy like Charlie Kirk
1: or a fag. Yeah. yeah
0: so and, and so you got like on Twitter, you know the Twitter op has been revealed for what it was. It was a, it was a victory. It was a place to create an anti woke. Di- space for anti-woke discourse, which now has revealed as being purely just Zionist discourse, and they are more ban-happy and more censorious than, than Jack was. I mean, Jack being an actual, seemingly, like some kind of actually, like, head-in-the-clouds liptard... He, he was, was an unconventional liberal. Right. Was more, like a
1: Tulsi Gabbard fan. Right, right. Most of his decisions were not made by him. Right. They are made by the ADL and his shareholder right. board, right? which is something he admitted. Now, he said he actually... We, He's on the record saying he fought his shareholders to keep the original philosophy of the internet that instructed or informed.
0: Right, which is also the original so-called – the pretense of the original philosophy of Google. Back in the early 2000s, Google was basically telling the ADL, well, we're not going to – take searches that search for the holocaust and make it go to the ADL's page on the holocaust now you can't search anything on google is useless google is useless if you i mean yandex is better yandex i would go. i would honestly i just would use yandex if you're looking for something of the of that of any name and frankly even for things that aren't politically fraud google is pretty useless it's actually just retarded yeah. they just give you promoted shit it's just it's just stupid it's shitty it went from being they got a monopoly on that on that space and they just it's just turned to shit but um but yeah i mean there's there's so many there, there's so many things that have been going on um so just so people understand like you know, they've dropped the equivalent of. I was looking, I don't know how accurate this is, but I'm willing to believe it the equivalent tonnage of like an atomic bomb on Gaza. Uh, they've, they're dropping probably they, 1,000.
1: I believe they've dropped more, um, more explosives on Gaza than the United States did in the entire uh, first, or, or as much as the United States in the entire first year of the Iraq War.
0: That's yeah, just, I believe that. No, I believe it. And and I want people to understand and they've killed five, five and a half thousand civilians that we know of. I'm sure there's more. Um and it the other thing I want people to understand something. Um they're not doing it. Like we saw that like apparently I guess the bombings had had slightly waned a little bit until a couple of days ago when they kicked back up to be like really crazy over the weekend and, and like yesterday. And people were speculating, is this prelude to a ground invasion? I don't think so. You know what it was? You want to know what it was? It's because the U.S. had dropped off a whole bunch of new bombs for them. And they were like niggers on the first of the month going (laughs) out and getting hot Cheetos and purple drank. I'm not joking. That's how fucking stupid they are. Like, they are actually just spazzing out. There's no military objective to what they're doing, just so people understand. If they're going to go in on the ground, they are making their lives in- increasingly hard by making it just a debris pile because they're just going to not be able to advance in their tanks and their armored vehicles. They're going to be sitting ducks for Hamas guys with anti-tank missiles that are going to pop up out of any hidey hole and just shoot them down and then hide, go run back to their hole. And meanwhile, like a tank is on fire outside debris pile. And so it's not helping them. What they're doing, actually, they're not targeting military p- posts. They no. are finding anybody whose name is confirmed to be a Hamas member who they suspect being a Hamas member. If there's somebody with the same name that lives in an apartment building, boom, that apartment building gets hit. That's what they're no,
1: doing. I don't, even, I don't even think they're doing that. You think I they're, think just, they're, blowing think they're just blowing anything up? they're just blowing things up at random. And they don't actually I, – I, from what I've read, like stuff that's been leaked to the press, they still don't have a plan.
0: They don't have any plan.
1: They don't have a plan. They're just going to continue killing people, civilians, until they think of something new. Well, they can't uh, think until of anything new. Somebody stops them. They
0: can't think of anything new, and there's not any hint that America is willing to stop them. Or w- they might. We might actually just run out of fucking bombs. They are actually taxing the supply line for these things. They are not infinite. They seem like they're infinite, but they're not. They're expensive to make. They're, and they're time consuming and costly to make. And America is just shipping another thousand, another thousand, another thousand, another C one hundred and thirty filled with JDams, another filled two thousand pound bombs, whatever you know. And they're just running through them. They're running through hundreds, if not a thousand, a day. And they're just. They, and this is the other thing. Like they, this is something I was I was talking about yesterday on tedious. What if we look at the last two times Israel invaded the Gaza Strip? They go in. They fight for a month to a month and a half, and then they leave. And it's not necessarily just because they're casualty averse, which they are. It's because they actually stretch their logistics. Like, they actually, their logistic pipelines can't actually handle actions longer than a month to a month and a half. And the reason is because they expend ammunition at such massive rates. And the example I gave was something I recently learned. The example I gave was that in 2014, in the Gaza War in 2014, the IDF troops found themselves encircled by Hamas fighters in a particular area of Gaza City. And as a result, what they did to to clear that that part of the city, they launched 7,000 artillery shells on that neighborhood in a 24-hour period. And for context, 7,000 artillery shells, Is the same amount of artillery shells that are used by Russia across their entire 1,000-kilometer front in Ukraine in a single day. And the Jews launch that many on one single – effectively one town in one day. That is the rate at which these Jews expand ammunition. So that's another problem they're going to run into, though. This is the thing. It's like just bombing forever isn't an option either.
1: You know, we always hear about how – what's the uh, Jew-to-Gentile calculation – uh, what 1,000 Israeli deaths is what? Uh, yeah, for forty, fifty thousand Goyim deaths yeah. in America. Well, when you actually contrast that to what four or five thousand Palestinian deaths, yeah, it's, e- it's, it's a-
0: even worse. Yeah.
1: It's a- in the Gaza Strip, which is 2.5 million people. That's the equivalent of about either between half a million and a million people dying in a in an attack. Um, if you want
0: to use, if you're that, using I, that kind of math, but of yeah. course
1: they don't use that math when, with the palace. No, they,
0: they don't use that math. They, they do internally. I guarantee you, they do internally. I mean, yes. on some level, they literally are just trying to whittle down the population. Oh yeah, because they don't have a better option now. That's me, long been their strategy. Yeah, they they literally call it like trimming the grass or something like that. I mean, it's just they're fucked up people. They are fucked up people. They do not have the kind of a moral compass that anybody else in the world has. This is something I've been trying to really um, drive home to people over the last uh, couple of weeks. It's like this is a country. This is a country with a philosophy and a moral compass that is unlike any other place on earth. And that's why it gets the kind of attention it gets, negative attention it gets from international community. Impotent. Impotent attention because it's completely defended by America. But, you know, America waning in power means I think at some point this fucking country is just going to get wiped out. Because, like, people can't fucking abide this shit. They, people can't live with these people. But let me read something that, that's to give you an, a, an indication of how fucking stuck they are. So this is an article on something called Israel Today. It's by someone named Aviel Schneider. And it is about uh, an IDF general by the name of Yitzhak Brick. Okay, so this guy Brick was saying that he was, a, you know, it's obviously a pro-Zionist article, but listen to what he was saying. This is, this is pretty important. So it says, Yitzhak Brick might be the only Israeli military official to see what was coming, and he's been warning about it for some time. He also does not see a ground invasion of Gaza as the only option. Israel must prepare for a multi-front war given the situation the nork brick caution, among other things, of problems with the competence of ground forces and made it clear that the ground invasion does not have to be a mandatory step. So this general, who was one of the only generals that was saying Hamas is going to do something big, is now out there saying, like, we really have to rethink a ground operation. And he's not the only one. Apparently, American generals and such are also saying this to the Jews right now. So what are you looking at? No, I was just reading something. Go ahead. Oh, okay, but uh, so he says um, he had predicted the massacre. But here, here's um, here's his analysis. You should listen to this. Here's his analysis of the IDF. He says Brick warned that the Israel Defense Forces have turned into a primarily air based military. Criticized the army leadership for its sensitivity to human losses on the ground. The current situation. Of the land forces is tragic. They are not ready for war. Emergency pl- supplies are not available, exercises have stopped, and the battalions have not trained in years. There is no weapons training and education, and the army is not capable of carrying out an attack. This guy said this on October 18th, so about six days ago, he said this. The former ombudsman added that technology alone is not enough to win wars. The truth is that an imaginary reality has been created by the general staff and spread throughout the army. The soldiers have lost their motivation and fighting spirit in recent years, and many are not ready to go into battle. This is the assessment of the U.S. military, of the IDF as well, by the way, which has been sort of somewhat acknowledged in the press. To completely avoid losses on the battlefield is to hinder the army's ability to win the war. This type of thinking will ultimately lead to heavier casualties, Brick told Channel 12. Brick added that Israel's ground forces and reserve system have been constantly ignored. We have lost the ability to field an effective army and have become a one-dimensional aerial power that cannot win a war on its own. In his view, Israel's ground forces are not ready for war. The warning follows a series of polls showing a large portion of Israeli citizens have lost faith in their country's future. This was particularly evident over the last year when the people were divided over political and judicial issues. In my role as general, I have visited more than 1,400 units, spoken to tens of thousands of commanders and soldiers three to four times a week, four hours in each unit. I know the army on the ground better than anyone in the IDF. I have seen soldiers who do not take care of their weapons before leaving base. No army in the world behaves like this. The soldiers carry their smartphones with them everywhere. Commands are sent via WhatsApp groups. These phones can be tracked by the enemy. Uh, Not only that, but commands are said to have been sent out via email and then deleted, meaning no follow-up action is possible. Our system has lost all control. Have we gone crazy? I can't sleep at night. Our ground forces and armored corps are not ready for war. Uh, So, basically... And, and I think there's other similar assessments as well. Like the, the Jewish army is not – can't fight. Right. They can't fight. And well, that's, the why they are, that's why they're not going in.
1: The quantitative um, edge of these technological armies that have mm-hmm. low willpower, yeah. Yeah. like the Israeli army, mm-hmm. frankly like the American military. Yeah. This quanti- – I, I wrote about this in, uh, in my article last week. That quantity, that that edge that they have through technology has been sort of closed by developments and counters yeah. with drones. And if you're, like gonna- for example, pe- people don't know the, the the history of how the Taliban was able to break from a stalemate into actually making advances on the American ground yeah. in Afghanistan, and, and they actually use a drone team. The drones, Taliban drones, were the ones that were able to quickly uh, get the jump on particularly the Afghan army, the U.S.-trained Afghan army. So don't underestimate the ability of these sort of guerrilla ragtag groups that we don't associate with military prowess now operating as near peers to something
0: like the Israelis, at least in face-to-face combat. That's the thing is that if you level Gaza anyway, that's the only thing you can do so they're just gonna hide in the ruins and wait for you and kill you and they have no other no reason not to do it like you've taken everything so they have nothing to live for but to kill you now i mean it's just true you know jews you know there's this thing where there's this video that's been going around interestingly enough like a lot of anti-jew stuff is going around on tiktok uh maybe they're letting it through because it's run by china i don't know But Jews are actually kind of freaking out about it. But these these rabbis that are out there saying, like, no, 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 yeah, it's absolutely commanded by the Torah to kill kids. Like, if you have mercy on children, what you're really doing is just murdering whoever that child is going to grow up and kill. And I'm like, see, Jews, if this is the moral compass you follow, then... You're putting yourself in a position where you have to just kill everybody else because if you're basically saying we have to kill kids because if we don't, they're going to grow up into adults and they're going to want to kill us. You're basically creating a zero sum game with like the entire rest of humanity. And at some point, everyone's just going to kill you. Um, if you, if that's the, your, if that's how you view the world, if that's your moral view on the world that literally we are morally obligated to kill children because they'll grow up into adults and kill us. It's like, well, at that point, and it seems that they operate along those, it seems they operate based on that kind of thinking. Um, You're putting the rest of the world in a position (laughs) where we kind of don't have a choice in how we deal with you. Um, So, you know, that kind of thinking, and that's also the kind of thinking of like 40% of the Israeli government. You know, like that's the kind of thinking that the Benjamin Netanyahu coalition engages in, well, and the, uh, the you're problem, not going to be able to live.
1: The problem, the problem with the Netanyahu government is that they say what Jews believe out loud. Yeah. Why that is, I don't know. They're probably just
0: stupid because they're retarded. Yeah,
1: they're uh, dumb. The, particularly the one uh, Smoternick
0: Oh, Bezalel Smotrich. Yes, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy's a that guy's a lunatic. That,
1: well, he guy's he's, a lunatic. he's a lunatic, but he's their finance minister yeah. and he was in charge of governing the West Bank. Um, so yeah. for Palestinians that are taking the diplomatic side of things, um, there's not a lot of hope there. Mm-hmm. If that guy's put in charge of your of your area, at least the Gazans are fighting on they're dying on their feet. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the calculation a lot of people in the West Bank are making now. Because they're they're toast. Mm-hmm. The West Bank is over. Like that, they're they're going to end up pushing all those people out. Um, they're probably going to send them to Europe. I don't know where they're going to send them, but they're going to end up pushing those people out into the desert. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, the, this really is a discrediting moment. You know, I, I don't know if you want to discuss the, some of the things in the article that I wrote. Uh, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. So my main uh, perspective on this is that there is a, a, a very important western uh advantage to israel disappear yeah Mm -hmm. um and the main one is really is is there's there's two there's two things right the first one is that we save uh blood and treasure Uh, the idea that i i don't understand why people i I mean i do understand why people do it yearly aid to israel is not 3.8 billion in the last 20 years, since the start of the war on terror, I would consider things like the Iraq War
0: mm-hmm. to be subsidized. Yeah. And how much does that cost? Like a trillion so this dollars.
1: Is, we're, we're talking trillions of dollars, trillions of dollars. That's the that's the price of creating uh, a state with you know 7.5 million Jews uh, in the Middle East. Hmm. That really, it's just a novelty. It's an expensive novelty. Hmm. It's, uh, it doesn't serve
0: I, any purpose for all the people out there that try and rationalize it along typical left wing narratives of, of military expansion and, and imperialism. It doesn't. That doesn't work. Like it's not a forward military it, base of America in the Middle East. That that narrative makes no sense. You can't actually explain that. The people that say that can't actually explain that. Um, anyway, the 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 thing
1: is that it's not just monetary. It's there's also some problems. In terms of how desperate they're getting to preserve Israel, because it is hard to fight three wars—one in the Middle East, one in Europe, and one in yeah. Asia—which is what they're preparing for. Well, I want to say they something. Need, about they that. need allies in the Middle East, and so uh, what yeah. I wrote about that really caught my attention and really is disturbing to me. Was that America? The the U.S. Uh, uh, U.S. State Department was seriously considering giving Saudi Arabia a nuclear program. Yeah. So they were, they were thinking about giving them um, a nuclear program, the ability to create nuclear uh, energy. But the Saudis were demanding that this be free of nonproliferation agreements because when you have right. a nuclear program – in fact, what, what they were following – They were going to make a nuke. What they were following, yeah, it was the same way that the Israelis got their nukes, which is that France created their nuclear program without any strings attached. And then from there, they were easily able to convert that
0: into a weapons program. Yeah, and they stole and that, that uranium was, from that, America, too. <laughs> and that
1: was the intention all along. Yeah, And for the Saudis and, I think, the State Department, their intention is to give Saudi Arabia nuclear weapons in case Iran yeah. gets them. No, so, it was, that they they, can be mutual, so they can mutually annihilate
0: each other. Well, they, yeah, they wanted Saudi Arabia to have nukes so that Saudi Arabia would not – submit to the kinds of stuff they're submitting to iran on now
1: well they want to give them nukes also
0: to just nuke iran
1: to nuke iran so we don't That's have to do it yeah and everybody's that, well, like wow
0: those arabs are crazy i, I yeah. think
1: i think that for all the talk about iran's nuclear program i don't think there's anything they can do about it like without a, a formal entry into a conflict that frankly america can't really
0: well i'll tell you now um a lot of but again, you know, I've been particularly critical of, of what I've been seeing from the left. Because the right is hopeless on this. There's no point. There's no point in, in even it's, – it's completely retarded. They're talking about, like, crazed jihadis on, like, meth going to kill Jewish children with their bare hands and teeth. It's just like, just shut up. Just it's like, no point. But when you listen to the left, they they're also getting a lot of things wrong, and they're kind of reverting back to typical – early 2000s thinking where america is being the belligerent in every country america is very belligerent don't remember but like america is stirring up everything America's inventing phony connections where they don't really exist to justify yeah. further interventions etc etc they are seeing the claims of iran being behind this being behind a lot of militias and stuff they're like oh they're trying to drag everyone into a further war they're trying to escalate america is begging America is basically actually behind the scenes on its knees begging the Iranians not to do anything. And the Jews are actually making it very difficult for them not to do anything because they're essentially saying, can you please just um, sit back and let Israel genocide the, the Palestinians in Gaza and just not do anything please? Can you just please not do anything about that? Just just let it happen. Just don't intervene. Just let it happen. Please. I think
1: what, what they're and really doing not, is promising the Iranians that they're going to restrain the Israelis and then not doing but it.
0: But they're not Restraining them. And that's, right. why, that's why there's hesitation on all sides. Now, also, Hezbollah is actually effectively at this point in, in a mini-war with the Jews on, in, in the border. They're, that war is going to start. Like, there's no question it's Hezbollah entering enough. Forty Hezbollah fighters have been killed. The Jews aren't telling you how many Jews have been killed, but it's, it's more than that. It's a, it's, it's, it's a it's, lot. It's, again,
1: Hezbollah, if you take the nuclear bombs out of the equation, there are better fighting for is, is, than the is, Jews. Is, is, is a peer to the idf minus
0: air power but well minus I mean, air power was, i'd say they're better yes. on the ground they're better
1: yes they're easily one of the more powerful armies dude hamas is
0: probably better soldiers than the idf like the thing is you know how idea you know how they're killing the hezbollah fighters they're killing them with drones right they're spying on where they are and if they catch one of them setting up a, a, a like a, a place to shoot a missile or something they just drone it that's it they're not fighting them Right,
1: right. Yeah. But the problem, the, the problem for them though, is that Hezbollah is not using. It's not. They're not actually using their main weapons. I mean, mm-hmm. they have. They have right. like modern missiles.
0: All they've done they can, is they can shoot, hit Tel Aviv. With, all they've done with, is shoot like rifles and anti tank missiles. Yes, and they're also taking out all their listening posts, yeah. all their like listening towers with the with the parabolic mics and the and the and the radar discs and all that shit. They're just taking all that stuff out.
1: Right. And they want to get the United Nations uh, peacekeepers out because they're just saying, well, these are just spies for Israel, Uh, which is true.
0: Which is true. Even though Israel has killed 35 UN uh, employees in Gaza.
1: Doesn't care. It doesn't matter.
0: Doesn't seem to matter. matter. I mean, Israel is literally literally bitching that Hezbollah's existence in southern Lebanon violates a UN resolution that ended the 2006 war, as they are like murdering (laughs) UN employees in Gaza. I mean, these people are like – this is – I mean, chutzpah is the only word for it. Uh, but it's, the, it's even worse main, than that. It's like darker main, than that. The main problem here is that
1: um, the United States, if, if the U.S. does – is promising – it's basically a given that they're going to intervene if Hezbollah enters. The problem is will they be able to fight in Yemen? Will they be able to fight in Syria, Iraq? If everyone throws everything at them, even without Iran, yeah. will, will this will this be a sustainable conflict? Well, I don't, with the <laughs> amount of of men and um and and weapons that have been moved into the Middle East, will this be possible? I actually don't think so.
0: I don't think so either. I, mean, I think I, they're I, gonna yeah. have
1: to they're gonna have to surge everything. And
0: one thing fight. that people, uh, you know, sometimes the speculation of what might happen gets very. Um, can go far and places we didn't imagine that it would be going. But part of the reason for that is because we don't see, I don't, one of the reasons why I'm letting my imagination somewhat run wild with possibilities of what could happen is because I don't actually see, which is unique. It's unique in the last few years when I've seen these conflicts emerge, um, is I don't see a good way out for Zog. I don't see a good move. The, the the term the chess term Zugzwang, which is a German word meaning a comp, um, you're compelled to move, but you don't have any good moves. Um, the Jews have been in that. They're in a strategic bind. Their, their army isn't ready to fight yet. They've written a check that their mouth can't cast, can't um, can't cash, which is that they're going to destroy all of Hamas in Gaza. And now people are expecting them to do. They're not going to be able to do that. Right. like They're they're not going to be able to do that. Um, And
1: the the main the main difference that's changed in the last, say, five years, 10 years, is that um, there are now superpowers willing to support um, the anti-Zionist adverse adversaries. So, for example... Um, the United States can go in there and start uh, creating financial incentives to countries and so on. But then you have the problem where China comes by and says, well, I'll do one better. I'll give you one better to either stay neutral or take the side of Iran. Um, so this is actually a new problem. Yeah. And so the United States generally is able to isolate countries like Iran yeah. through uh, sanctions and so on. The weaponization of finances – been neutralized by china and russia right so this is going to be a real challenge that i think they're just going to have to learn to either live with the new paradigm or uh do a kamikaze attack here.
0: see this is this is where i continually hit a brick wall in my ability to predict what's going to happen because the sensible thing to do would be just back off a little bit just chill the fuck out relax the sensible thing for the jews to do right now stop bombing and killing everybody do an exchange for the hostages for the prisoners you've got in your jails and and end it now See, from the perspective of hamas though why um, should they end it either
1: i would not be tr- too trusting of any deal no with no they, no
0: i know i'm obviously not no i'm just saying this We're be... just going to
1: take their hostages back and send back your prisoners but then they'll just kill everybody anyway
0: Right, so they'll really go to. But but my point is like this would be the the actual smart thing for Israel to do. I'm not suggesting they will. They won't. They won't. This even what I'm saying is fanciful. And the smart thing for America to do would be to accept the fact that they're no longer the hegemon. Accept the fact that China and Russia have asserted themselves into global affairs. Russia with military power, China with financial power. And they're just not going to be ruling the roost all and, by themselves anymore. Anyway. That would be, the, but they're not going to, they can't. I don't know that they can do it. Jews legitimately think that if they're not running the world, they're about to all get killed. And they're probably painting themselves into a corner where that might just be fucking true. So I don't know what to do. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, I can't predict it. You know, the way that really one
1: of the main uh, t- uh, strategies that China has used. To catch up to the U.S. in terms of their economy is just by trading with countries that America says are persona non grata. Mm -hmm. So uh, I believe uh, 40 percent of the Russian economy now is trade with China. So China is getting all of these uh, like these raw materials. They're getting oil. You also have –
0: They're getting things
1: like that and in exchange, they're getting to export Chinese products. Chinese cars have largely replaced – European cars in in right. Russia now, right. so well, you, this got, is actually increasingly going to be a problem because uh, you know Europe and America are very invested in their automobile industries as one of the last manufacturing uh, segments of their eco- respective economies, and now China is increasingly encroaching on. And our one
0: economy. of the only prestige products uh, that we produce anymore, something that's respected. You know, people yes. want cars with the American and European brands. Well, mainly European, but European. But um, the other thing is that uh, the destabilization and, the, and the you know, people talk about, like, um, Africa being, like, forced into poverty and such. And I kind of crook an eyebrow at that. Like, forced really? Like, you know, maybe a little bit. But you know, generally speaking, there's only so far they're going to be able to go. But when you look at the Middle East, the destabilization and the kind of regimes that the U.S. props up in these countries legitimately do hamper their development. So for countries like China who are like, well— These are resource-rich countries, and they've got huge markets. And while they might not be able to achieve the kind of economies that America and Europeans can achieve they can do better than they're doing and they could be huge export markets for Chinese goods. So they're like, why should we allow this one little Jewish state to require that these countries all be in a continual state of war and poverty and under development just so Jews can live on like beachfront Trump property in fucking Tel Aviv. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's legitimately one. It actually is legitimately totally unfair and fucked up. And it's also just like stupid and Fun. so, <laughs> it's like there's like millions, there's a billion in people or something like that that live in the Arab Muslim world in the Middle East. Totally huge market, lots of resources and oil. It makes actually
1: you can't you can't say that they're not capable of building advanced societies because look at like the UAE or Qatar or yeah. even to yeah. some extent uh, Saudi Arabia. These are countries now. They're shitty in many respects, but. You know, those are countries that are extremely wealthy. Europeans go there to do shopping, and they have tour a tourism sector that is unmatched in some respects. You know, you see like Instagram thoughts and in, in the in their desert getaways.
0: Oh yeah, they're all going to like Abu Dhabi, all right? Shit, yeah. So, so the idea that the
1: Middle East is just this this complete basket case that can't be economically viable in any sense is just a uh, myth, it's know. only it was
0: it's only true. I mean, and 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 frankly, the more uh, capable the populations of the Middle East, the, the closer they are to Israel, and therefore the more far, like the Syrians are, are. You know, like the Gulf Arabs are. Frankly, a bunch of fucking retarded savages compared, that just have a lot to, of money, right? Compared I mean,
1: to Persians yeah. and Syrians and Lebanese. Uh, Gulf Arabs are not even half as, as capable or civilized. Right.
0: I mean, frankly, the these UAE Arabs, I mean, you know, most of the population of the United Arab Emirates is actually like the Filipino maids that they import to like sexually abuse and right. have literally no rights. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, there you go. Literally, no. Right. Answer. No, I'm not saying yeah.
0: these are perfect. They designs. literally just rip in. Uh,
1: I'm just saying yeah. that, you know, you can create a relationship with these countries where they just sell you oil and you stay out of their
0: business. Yeah. That's,
1: that's it, what we need to it do. It does you know, not make any sense. That's what's in America's from interest. From
0: the perspective of prosperity and to some extent, even like geopolitical power, to do something different. And when you've. Now. America has pretty close lockdown on like the UAE and Saudi Arabia. Kind of, they're slipping out from under the grasp. Qatar. It's interesting because you know Doha and and the um, Al Udayd, as we say, the Udayd Airbase in uh, in Qatar is like the forward headquarters of of United States Central Command, which is where they'd be launching a lot of. There is a regional war. That would be where we'd be conducting a lot of it from. But the Qataris are not particularly happy about what's going on right now. And uh, additionally, it's very easy for the Iranians, frankly, to destroy that whole fucking country. (laughs) <laughs> and they could easily destroy the uh, America's forward uh, central command base. The <laughs> Iranians could easily destroy that, and uh, there'd be no defense. No air defense could stop what the Iranians could could rain down on, on America on CENTCOM. And of course, the bases that we have in uh, Iraq and Syria have become under attack in the last few days. Twenty four. The, the America's admitting twenty four soldiers have been wounded, or personnel have been wounded. One guy died. And here's what's funny. This is funny. One of the guys that died on one of these American air bases was a contractor, and they said he died of a heart attack. The Arabs were all laughing, like, oh, yeah, sure thing. He died of a heart attack. I'm like, no, no. no." He probably actually did. (laughs) Like, Uh, like, I actually am far more willing to believe that some American contractor (laughs) probably wasn't in the best physical condition.
1: Well, they they might actually be in decent physical condition, but those dudes are all slamming steroids. That's true. And they're all, like, every – mercenary i've seen in these youtube videos american mercenaries are all roided up um you know they're on all types of amphetamines and stuff and it's not hard to believe that when (laughs) when the when the shit hits the fan that they're gonna just drop dead from a heart attack
0: you know in israel
1: many of the the ones that are in their that are older in their late 30s or 40s you know
0: I was thinking it could be somebody who wasn't even a military, like a combatant. It's just like some fat dude over there doing work. <laughs> His heart gave out. When the possible. when the When the missile siren went off, he had to run to a shelter and he just fucking keeled over. But, uh, you know, in, in Israel, a lot of the deaths from when Hamas shoots their rockets are like Jews like running to get into their bomb shelters and having heart attacks or like running into furniture or tripping on stuff and falling down the <laughs> stairs. Like, that's Most of them, they're not getting hit. They don't die from like direct hits. They die from like accidents running into their bomb shelters but yeah, um
1: <laughs> but but either way you know it's <laughs> yeah. still it's still uh it's still a factor Yeah, it's
0: still its a mind. notch for for a you homage, know? because you know? again yeah it, it's, a,
1: it, it's all a matter of 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 individual will like <clears throat> right the average israeli doesn't have a tenth of the willpower that even right. the the, the, the Palestinian right. toddler. Factor.
0: Well, that's why I think no matter how this resolves, they're going to have a hard time getting Jews who are fleeing Israel for America and Europe to go back. Oh. There's There are people who go there for vacations, who go there for fun, who live there. Like, yeah, I'll go live in Israel. It'll be cool. Then they're like, no, no, no. You know what? You want to know something funny? There's a huge scandal in Israel right now. Because Netanyahu's son is living in like a mansion in Miami oh, yeah. Beach. Of he's course. 34. He's physically fit. He I mean, I saw a picture of the guy. He's very fit. And he's he looks in perfectly good shape. Probably better shape than a every lot of people. Man,
1: every man 18 to every man and woman 18 to 40. And, is, and in Israel, they're needs like to, bro, needs to
0: be conscripted why like. are you not coming back? And he's like, No, I'm staying in Miami Beach. I'll just tweet about it, right? And it's yeah. like, meanwhile, he's an actual probably. He's probably in better shape than most people because he probably has a lot of time to work out in gyms and whatever. You know, he's like some kind of fucking Jewish gym bro down in Miami Beach, and they're like, "Bro, you know, you are the prime minister's son, and the country's that's at war. Very, that's a, that's very demoralizing. That's got to be really. That's a bad fucking look. And BB's not making his kid. Go, if I were him, I'd be like. Better get the fuck over here and put on a yeah, fucking uniform. E- even
1: if it's just to put on a uniform. Even if and we're just
0: even if we're just gonna like keep you safe somehow, not put you in a front unit or something like that. Get over here, and get in a fucking green yeah. uniform for the cameras, you <laughs> fag. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, like it's wild so that you won't do it.
1: So I have this article that that is um, this is very important because I'm, it's about the uh, shift from woke to you know Zio right. Yes, the day the delusions died. By oh, Constantine God. Kissin. So, Constantine oh yes, I was Kissin, looking
0: at this earlier, but yes, let's press
1: forward with it. Co- Constantine Kissin is one of these guys who's an intellectual, dark web, classical liberal. That as soon as he heard Israel's in trouble, turns he, he into he turns into like a raging uh, authoritarian. Yes, a caricature of a fascist.
0: One. Yeah.
1: So you know, this guy. Essentially, what they're talking about here is the need to do uh, a formal charlottesville style crackdown yeah. on uh young leftists
0: yes they and need to they they basically jews right now are like we have to uh, Well, we'll talk about it but let's let's read the article
1: yeah so so it says <laughs> here fucking so stupid All it's right. the day the delusions died a lot of people woke up on october 7th as progressives and went to bed that night feeling like concerned.
0: i don't think that's true what,
1: I, don't think I think he's making that up. I think it's a lot of Jewish people uh-huh. mm-hmm. that, that yeah. do that. And that's because they're hypocrites. Um, because they were so, never actually progressives. No. They just were, yeah. So, what is a conservative? You know, sometimes um, yeah, on the, we on the nationalist right, we always criticize conservatives that say things like, the SPLC used to do great work, but now they've made this pro Palestine comment. They've lost their way. We're like, who the hell are you talking to? What do you mean they were? Yep. They used to do great work. They've always been pieces of shit.
0: Is it's somebody like, actually saying what that? They're ta-
1: <laughs> yeah, they're all saying that. Um, and and so that's insanity. What, what did they used to do? Well, they used to fight right wing. They used to go
0: after right wing Christians.
1: Right, and so no, but it, they're talking about before that when they okay. used to sue the Klan. Oh right, yeah, so yeah. Things, things like that. They're like, oh, they did great work. The thing is, like, great work from whose perspective? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe the perspective of a Jew hypocrite who yep. thinks it's okay to destroy the to, to trample on the First Amendment rights of white Christians in the South, which mm-hmm. is what the Klan was, mm-hmm. uh, while at the same time upholding actual racial genocide in Israel. That is not that. That used to be the SPLC's party line,
0: and and conservatives. The by Jews the way, left. conservatives that toe the Jew line will always condemn what conservatism was a generation or two ago is, like, the worst thing ever. Because yeah. the Klan was just conservatism, like, two generations ago.
1: It was – they're quite literally paleo-conservatives. They right. were not Nazis. It was no. only in, the in like, the 70s or the 80s that they started to do some stuff with the American Nazi Party. Right. But before that, they were more hostile to the Nazis than mm-hmm. anyone else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the idea that the, the Klan was some sort of uh, unusual – fringe group is a myth it was just a young men's southern uh, social club that was demonized as a scapegoat in the 1960s used as a foil after remember after the fbi infiltrated it mm-hmm. when the fbi the clan only became terroristic when the, the fbi sent in infiltrators to push it in that direction before that they were just a um They weren't even
0: really doing like lynchings in like the, the lynchings in the South weren't like organized things done by the Klan. No, no. It was stuff that people would do when people would do egregious crimes. And you know, as we know, a quarter of them people lynched were white. Right. Which is actually well, the
1: Klan wouldn't just visit you for being black. No, they that's would, that's they, a total they, lie. Would visit, they would visit white men. Um, and say, hey, we heard you're getting drunk and beating on your wife. Stop doing that. Yeah. So they were kind of just like Christian, kind of Christian police, like,
0: yeah,
1: you know, kind of like um, just trying to keep their community safe and community right. organized and orderly. Right. Um, they all that other around. shit
0: is Hollywood lies. The whole, the whole thing about burning, the per- bullshit, burning,
1: yeah. burning, crosses on people's property. All, it's, it's all, all bullshit. It's all fake. All bullshit. All it's fake. all non. It's all made up. And the whole thing, the Baptist church bombing where the little black girls were killed, Uh, was was actually helped, was planned primarily by FBI informants. Um, Ditto for the killing of of the girl, the civil rights activist, the white girl who was shot, um, was it Leoza? Uh, uh,
0: Right, right, yeah. There's a number of these incidents, but
1: yeah. Other Klansmen pointed to an FBI informant as the gunman. Yeah. And their case was was completely um, sabotaged. By the Department of Justice because they they were able to win their argument. I believe they actually were able to win a civil a civil case against the FBI, but they were still convicted in criminal court because the federal courts are rigged. Um, but nevertheless, um, back to this. You know, um, it says here.
0: Um, so
1: this is from again Constantine Kissens.
0: Yeah. The day of the Dukes now he's not died. a Jew, is he? Or he is. He is he okay, absolutely. Yeah. Is. It says
1: here um, The reason the readjustment is necessary He's talking about why progressive (laughs) Center liberals should become conservatives now Says the reason the readjustment is necessary And in my view, highly likely Is that proponents of the unconstrained vision Have been allowed to ride roughshod Over the concerns of ordinary citizens Oh, so this is the voice of the people now yeah. They have used this window of opportunity to implement extraordinarily impractical and outright harmful ideas what? because they take the unbelievable levels of safety, plenty, and freedom we enjoy in the West for granted. The one form of privilege you will never hear them address is the first world privilege that we all benefit from every day. They have done this because the fundamental flaw in the unconstrained model of the world is a failure to understand Thomas Sowell's greatest maxim. There are no solutions, only trade-offs. When you let your institutions be captured by an ideology of intolerance and illiberalism, masquerading as progress, that has consequences. So my question for Constantine Kukisin is, what's his opinion of the ideology of intolerance and illiberalism that controls the Israeli government? Right. I mean, the, I'm not even saying this as a pejorative. The, Finance, financial Minister of Israel, uh, Smodernik, openly calls himself yeah. a Jewish fascist. He openly identifies as that. Um, so why well, is not why is there yeah. no criticism of that fascism? Why is it when white people want to be fascists? This is the first guy to criticize. Us.
0: Or why does he not? Why is Go he not out Thomas there? Go quote Thomas
1: Sowell to them. Go quote Thomas Sowell and his great maxims to them.
0: Yeah, take Go it to, take, to take Thomas Sowell to Israel. They'd kick him out for being a nigger. Like you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's true. So or they or they like try and put him on a frontline IDF unit to get killed first. Right. Um. But yeah. But you never cared about the the wild intolerance against whites, which is actually far oh, less yeah. justified. Like, the, the attitude towards whites in these circles that he's complaining about is, like, way less justified than the attitude towards Israel. I mean, white people didn't do shit to these people. So. It says here, will this waking
1: up moment persist? <clears throat> Sorry. It depends, in large part, on our courage to look reality in the face. As Saul, <clears throat> Saul explained, when you want to help people, you tell them the truth. When you want to help yourself... You tell them what they want to hear. And the truth is that we have indulged in magical thinking for too long, choosing comforting myths over harsh realities, about terrorism, about immigration, about a host of other issues. In our hunger for progress, we have forgotten that not all change is for the better.
0: Now the world
1: is paying the price for that self-indulgence. Let's hope recent events are the wake up call we so desperately need. You know, needed.
0: on some level I'm like, this is just a bunch of bullshit. Like, this is just a bunch of platitudes. Where are you not talking about anything real here? This is all abstract nonsense. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? What the hell are you talking about? Like when I hear it, this shit. It I'm seems like, like he's leaning he's
1: trying to nudge people into being more skeptical about mass immigration. But the thing is, most of the immigrants coming to the US are not Muslims. So
0: no, no.
1: What is? I feel like that's a that?
0: throwaway to try and rope conservatives, anti-immigration oh, yeah. conservatives, into his bullshit. Well, yeah.
1: I know it is because they've done it already.
0: Yeah, they've already done. it. They've
1: that. already done it. I remember we've been we've been out border, here like
0: screaming about this, but yeah,
1: at the height of the border uh, of the border invasion, at yeah. uh, at one point under Obama, there were kind of boomer cons that were doing like armed rallies outside of mosques. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, the <laughs> Just because they're all brown Doesn't mean that they're the same people If you're against immigration If you're in a uh, Minuteman minute man militia That's got very little to do With the mosque in Arizona yeah. uh, Very little to do with it And I fear That as Jews Nudge people on the right Into this, this, this new paradigm Of let's stop Palestinians from immigrating to America, that the actual source of immigration uh, will be obfuscated. And in fact, you might even see attempts to make alliances with brown, brown, uh, brown illegal Catholics and and Christians.
0: Oh, dude, I said this already. Arab Muslims. The – result of this will not be any significant controls on immigration i also remember but the strategy it never, and it never will be and, and 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 in fact what it will probably do is it will further normalize immigrants that are not arab or muslim so and in fact most immigrants to america aren't exactly many immigrants to europe are but that they might follow a different strategy there because, in fact, they need to send them to Europe because they need to get them out of the Middle East, and they've got to send them someplace. And and sending them – and the other – and, you know, there's also this crazy thing that happens with Israel where you don't see this anywhere else where they like <clears> – <throat> they're like all the countries that support Palestine in the Middle East and like like raise your hand, right? This is a cartoon I've seen repeated a lot, old Jewish cartoon, and they're raising them. It's like all the countries that want to take in the Palestinians, raise your hand, and like none of them do. And I'm like, it's not other countries' job to assist your genocide, Israel. Like, you can support Palestinians without thinking, like, every Palestinian has to move here. It's very interesting how that's also what is um, the, the viewpoint that is, that is imposed on us by opponents of our support for Palestine. Is there some implication, like, if you support Palestinians, that means you want them to move to your country? It's like, no, I want the opposite. I want them to have their country. That way they won't have to move to my country. Right. They should have their country.
1: You know what, though? You are seeing lots of action. Again, this is not something that has much grassroots support, but yeah, you are seeing elite activism uh, against certain liberal institutions. Like, uh, I don't know if you've been following, yeah. the, to the degree that Jews are pulling out
0: of Harvard.
1: Uh, funding Harvard. Yeah. Funding for Harvard.
0: Is it like uh, uh million? Less Wexner, Larry Hogan have pulled like millions out of Harvard, like a lot of money. Yeah.
1: Well, I have this article from the Financial Times, which is, by the way, one of the most uh, excellent um, kind of non – Let me I mean, they,
0: make a prediction yeah. real quick. Yeah. Watch Harvard actually become more conservative in the Thomas Sowell sense. Yes. But stay just as Brown. Yeah, of course. They're just going to – try. What the, you know what Jews are going to do? They're going to just start training Brown people a little bit differently.
1: Who says, look at the people in Congress. They're
0: going to create a lot more Richie Torreses. Richie yep.
1: Torres. Yep. Or who's the speaker, Hakeem Jeffries.
0: Yep, yep.
1: Those guys he's that guy who's like, I'm the
0: biggest ally of Israel's hard. ever had. Yeah, that's what Hakeem Jeffries they, those says. Those guys so. support Israel as much as any Lindsey Graham. Yeah. This, this, this oh. Jews are looking at this like, oh, this was actually just a bit of an oversight. We got sloppy because we were so focused on anti-white stuff for 10 years. We, we didn't focus on the Israel thing because we actually kind of thought that was kind of handled.
1: So here are some names from – so Mark Rowan of Apollo Global Management, yeah. Limited Brands founder, Leslie Waxner, Wexner yep. – um,
0: who is also others. implicated in the Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein stuff, sex abuse stuff? Like he, Victoria's Secret is one of his companies. The guys, obviously, just a pervert.
1: But yeah. uh, then there's uh, other schools like the University of Pennsylvania. They actually, the president Liz McGill, eventually put out a statement condemning Hamas and standing against anti-Semitism, but it was too late uh, because Ronald Lauder of S. Lauder. Has already pulled out of uh, funding them. Um, then you have David Magerman, uh, Venture Capital's David Magerman, and some guy named Jonathan Jacobson, another Jewish. Oh, I wonder if he's Jewish. Another Jewish fu- uh, speculator. Yeah. All of them closing their checkbooks. Uh,
0: not the to same. mention, what was that guy's name? Acker, uh, the the head fund manager who said, Ackerman. I want. Yeah, I want, the, I want the list released Here's so that guy, we can uh, know not to hire him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Last Friday, Don Ofer, the Israeli billionaire who, has, who also has a building at the Kennedy School, told CNN he was stepping down from its executive board because of the lack of clear evidence of support from the university's leadership for the people of Israel. So these Jews, in other words, they were trying – they for years have been promoting the, the racial stuff, the mm-hmm. transgender stuff. It's their money that pushes these universities in this way. Yeah,
0: the very fact that they're pulling so much money out means it was there before. Right. And what was it funding before? What well, Every single, what the all the anti-white doing? stuff. What was the, what was the Harvard Kennedy School of Government teaching before? They were teaching like anti-white and pro-tranny stuff. Yes.
1: Right. So why, okay, here's another one. Bill Ackman. Edge Fund yeah, that's building. the guy.
0: That's, oh, sorry, but Bill divided,
1: divided opinion online when he called last week uh, on X, formerly Twitter, for Harvard to identify students behind a statement from societies on campus that yeah. hold the Israeli regime responsible for all unfolding violence. The move was that was needed. Quote so as to ensure that none of us inadvertently hire any of their members.
0: And a bunch of other Jews chimed in on this, saying, like, yeah, me too, I want to know too. Like, you know, and these are right. Jews no one ever heard of before. They're just speculators or people in charge of hedge funds. And
1: Listen to this. Yeah. Davis Polk, the law firm, told the Financial mm-hmm. Times that it had withdrawn job offers to three Harvard and Columbia Law School graduates, linked yep. <clears throat> to Palestinian statements that expressed views in direct... Contravention to our firm's value system, and I'm sure if you go to their websites, these firms have BLM shit, oh yeah, shit, well, trans the, the, shit, the, anti-white the, shit. We will not, you know, they probably, if you look at who they've hired in the last two years, they're one of those firms that doesn't hire white males. Yeah, uh, well, everything.
0: the The, the top uh, law student, the the top graduate from NYU Law, which of course, you know, you, you wonder how they do this. Was a black woman who also claimed to be non-binary, and had scored some ma- some huge job with some firm, and then there and she she had been the the student, the president of the NYU student bar. She was the top law student for that year, and she was black and non-binary. And of course, I'm sure she was graded on a curve, but um, she said something about Palestine, and now like all the firm, all the law firms in New York are like, yeah, we're not going to hire her. She's blacklisted. It's also you know it's funny. It's technically illegal to blacklist. For companies yes. to blacklist, that's actually kind of a collusion that they're not supposed to do. Like pass around blacklists, it's not legal yeah. to do that in America. But yeah, so they're know, doing it.
1: Leora Rez, the executive director of the campaigning group Stop Anti-Semitism, I don't know if you've ever seen that that thing on Twitter.
0: Yeah, Stop it! Antis-
1: yeah, they they named me anti-Semite of the year
0: once. Oh, dude, uh, I'm jealous now.
1: <laughs> I got. I got this. Uh, I got this award. All right, well, it's real up.
0: quick before you continue, we're gonna uh, cut the first hour here. We've Ed, done sorry, about an hour and ten minutes.
1: Anti-Semite of the month.
0: Ah, uh, uh, I got, uh, I got uh, one. Squad to do. goals.
1: I gotta go. Goals. Back, back goals. To the lab and get yeah. back to training.
0: Goals. So anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna Next. stop it right here for those of you listening to the free version. If you want to hear the rest of this show, which will probably be another couple hours, go ahead and sign up at therightstuff.biz/paywall. And thanks, everybody. Uh, And we'll see you, Free Fags, later. And, uh, you know, pay pigs. Stay tuned. We're going to keep going.